None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I am here, ladies and gentlemen, with absolutely no one. That's right. Once again, I could not buy a co-host to save my life. I'm left with only one person who knows how I feel, the one and only Sting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another so lonely edition of Two for None, where I, Patrick Cullen, get through the wilderness of cricket and comedy all by myself. Could not buy a co-host for hell or high water, so folks, it's you and me and Sting, and we're going to get through it all together. What a time to be alive. Now, look, this episode is gratuitously late, massively so. Um, this series that we're talking about, the Qantas Tour of India, wrapped up on January 19. It's January 31. Uh, <laughs> not my most timely effort, but um, due to some technical failures, um, Adobe Audition really did a number on me twice. Um, so this is my re-record of a re-record of a re-record, folks. So I, I'm sorry about that. We have experienced success though, ladies and gentlemen. We've made it, and here it is. It's a fun one. So strap in. Jai Singh is here. Uh, Alex Spinks is here. But first, let's go straight into Heidi Cheadle. The woman, the myth, the legend, returned. I had a chat to her a week or two ago about all the action upcoming for a women's summer, including a T20 World Cup and a Tri-Series. We all know how much of a legend Heidi is, and it's great to have her back on the show. Let's crack straight into her, folks. Here he is. She, she is. It's Heidi Cheadle. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, she's back. The woman, the myth, the legend, Heidi Cheadle. How are you, Heidi? <laughs> New introduction. How do you feel great. about that? Man, I love that. And happy new year to one and all. Happy Merry new Christmas, year. Happy new year. Happy 2020. P.S. I don't know about you, Patrick, but when I write the date 2020, it's so scrappy because I just like blend all my twos and zeros <laughs> together. I'm not used to this. I like 19 better. <laughs> Oh, it's, God. It has been uh, one of the toughest starts of um, a year writing experience, I must say. Um, mm. I've been sending a few invoices, Hides, and remembering... Oh, good for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, remembering which year it is and how to write it has been a, its, its whole own drama, I think. Um, oh, man. Any any uh, resolutions from you, Heidi? Any resolutions, Ooh, mate? Ooh, resolutions. You're putting me on the spot. Well, obviously to get a hundred, that's never changed. That hasn't changed. That's a good resolution, though, Heights. It's a good resolution. Yeah, look, I feel like it's an achievable goal. Have you returned to the field for Gordon this year, or not yet? Oh my goodness, have we ever? Let me just, if I may, just uh, give you a little tidbit about it. (laughs) Last week, last Sunday, the Gordon Reds rock up to Chatswood Oval, ready to take on. Australia feet England, feet Bangladesh. Right. So let me just list you a few names. Um, are you familiar with Alyssa Healy, Rachel Haynes, Jenny Gunn, and oh, some no. really good chick from Bangladesh whose name I do not know, and I apologise to all the Bangladeshis. <laughs> oh, um, it was absolutely... Do you know, it was like a fine line between holy hell, get me out of here, and wow, this is a masterclass. I'm so happy I can watch it, like, in the flesh. Oh, it Heidi, was, did you get smashed? 
man, like, <laughs> we, look, winning the toss would have been good, but we were batting on this, like, wet, 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 wet. Oh, we get no, spin, like, two of our players left the ball and got bowled. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was, it was doing some things. It was doing some things. So we, you know, naturally get rolled for 128 in a 50 over game. That was cute. And then Alyssa <laughs> Healy comes out, gets a quick 77 and plays like a T20 and <laughs> takes the cake. <laughs> so, but I can't, like, she deserves to be where she is. Like, she hits the ball so hard. Like, you know, you move fielders left, she hits right. You move a right, she hits left. Ugh. It's just, oh, man. Like, I just was in complete awe and... Deep, deep sadness when I was playing it. So you didn't go up to to her hides and, and give her a few choice words just to make her think about <laughs> <laughs> something else aside from batting. Didn't go up there and give her a bit of niggle hides. Get in there. Uh, look, I thought about giving her some pointers, but my <laughs> measly fourteen. I don't know. I don't know how she would have taken it. <laughs> I love the audacity of that. I think that would have oh, been great. Man. That would have been my only tactic hides. That sounds like a really uh, tough day out in the field. But I'm glad you guys were able to warm her up. Um, get her oh, into yeah, some yeah. form. She's got a big summer coming up a- a- ahead, Alyssa Healy. So I'm pleased you got to put a few down there for a hide. Yeah, and so just- any future successes, you are welcome. <laughs> I think we can all... Uh, Stay you know- tuned, everyone. It's my handiwork. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, it was good. Good for her. Good for us. Good for yeah, her. Lessons learned. Good for us, mate. It's a big year for women's cricket. So we've got this. It like, is huge. Bloody um, tri series tournament coming up real soon. We've got India and England, and um, they're here playing Australia, uh, starting on January thirty-one. Um, I reckon, Hides, you were saying to me off air that you think that's a pretty good warm up for the uh, for the T Twenty World Cup. I think it's a Cup. class warm up. Yeah, I mean, you've got Australia playing. Well, I'm mean, all three and they're playing the I would say the three best teams mm. um going into the World Cup so they're getting all this you know like focused practice like it's all T20s against the best in the world just to like you know warm up get the juices flowing for the actual <laughs> World Cup it's an, it's, it's brilliant <laughs> I'd be stoked and look it's like, very practice. good for England Class. and India as well hey mm-hmm. like um, so often, yeah. we said that a lot about the most recent series with New Zealand, that the poor old Kiwis came over here and got so rolled because they weren't used to conditions. Um, it may even give the Indians and the English a bit of a leg up heights against their respective competition because um, they'll be I more mean, adapted perhaps. to conditions. That's all I'm saying. But absolutely, it brings it to an even playing ground then because it's all Melbourne, isn't it? I think it's all Melbourne. Melbourne, Canberra. Melbourne, Canberra. Melbourne, Canberra. Yeah. Although, if any play takes place in Canberra in the next few weeks, I'll be shocked, given that they've got hail the size of actual oh, cricket balls Oh, my goodness. I saw that. Wild. Yeah, that's, idea. God, the world is, or maybe just Australia, but oh, my goodness. It's almost like we're trying to see oh how many goodness. different like weather conditions we can fit in. Um, yeah. What else can we we're get in We're kind of like following Melbourne's four season in a day just for the <laughs> just whole of nationally. the country. nationally. Like the whole of the country. Um, hides this this teenage all rounder, a girl called Annabelle Sutherland. Um, oh yeah, has been put into the T Twenty squad. Uh, how do you feel about that? She's an eighteen year old Victorian all rounder. Hides. Well, firstly, you know how I feel about kids succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I actually think I think this is like the start of a lot for her. Like she, you know, oh, really? she's got good genes. She's obviously in the mix. She's quick. She's young. She's fit. This could be like an unreal thing for her. That's I think. I think she'll be around for ages and ages. Do you reckon she'll get a game, Hides? Well, I don't. 
don't know. I think you'd be silly to select, you know, newer talent and not give them the opportunity before when, like, when it really counts. Like, you've got mm. this Tri-Series, they've got sort of, what, several games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it'd be silly not to give Throw her a her in there. bowl, you know, if, if you're approaching a World Cup now. I'm not sure what they're thinking. If you go through the women's team, like, there's just legend after legend. Like, it is so, so strong. Yeah, it's, but, it's um, punchy content. You're talking I mean, Lanning, Haynes, Aaron Burns, Nicola Carey, uh, Ash Gardner, Alyssa Healy, Jess Jonathan, uh, Delissa Kimmins, Sophie Molyneux, Beth Mooney, Elise Perry, Megan Short, Annabelle Sutherland, Taylor Valiminick, and Georgia Wareham. Um, yeah, like, I'm not shocked by any of those names. Like, nobody would be. They're all brilliant. And look, but, I think... And I, I think you've got to find the line between sharing the talent and, like, you know, putting your best foot forward. But mm. she's young and she's quick and... I don't know. The, and I think more, most importantly, the batters won't necessarily know her that, like, as well. True. So that's a little, I don't know, maybe that's an edge. Who knows? Mate, I'm feeling a little sorry for Elise Villani. Uh, but oh, Elise Villani, yeah, you know? Yeah. Even, like, um, Heather Graham and Tally McGrath, you know, who have uh, done pretty well in WBBL this year. Pretty hard. Maybe uh, look, a bit hard you, you, yeah. You know? But you can't, you can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do? <laughs> Back to the drawing board, kid. Hi, are you only saying this because the Hobart Hurricanes haven't sent you a jumper in the mail? Is this what's Sorry, going on? Sorry, I'm still unsigned. Yeah. What more can I do? I think, you know. Is my 14 against Alyssa Healy not enough? <laughs> <laughs> what more do they want from you, Heidi? What can I do? What do Please you? Please tell me. Come on now. Come on. Maybe I need to go fund me page. Hey, look, hards. I'm into that. You know, think outside look, the I'll, square. Man, I'll look half to me, half to the fires. Everyone's happy. Get my name on a jersey. Let's do this. You maybe need to think, Heidi, like a um, you know, an aspiring model on Instagram and just start. Oh, stop that. I know, right? Well, you should think like that anyway. You're a lovely lady. But um <laughs> Uh, maybe you just need to ruthlessly tag the selectors on your social media and oh just my like God, that would be bold. That would be when that be, that's probably the way to go. Just like do, do heaps think? of Instagram yeah, maybe videos. Maybe I just need to get myself in there. Of just you smashing them in the nets, um, just yeah. bloody carding people and just just tag. You know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happens all the time. That happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, don't if you if you shoot it right, you know we could shoot it from a certain angle so you didn't see the bowler, and we could probably get like seven year or eight year olds to come and just throw you some real loopies, <laughs> and just absolutely pump them. Tag Look, the Aussie selectors. What I'm hearing is a job application, and I accept. You're, <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> yes. Let's do this. 2020, the year of, I don't know, great success. Great 2020, success. the year of great success. I think that's, that's a great, great moniker for it, Hards. I'm into it. Um, mate, I also want, like, I just wanted to let you know that there's a, a WNCL game happening at the moment, and uh, it's pretty funny. I'm looking at the score sheet as we speak. Um, so the West Australian women, right, uh, they made 9 for 259 off their 50 overs. Wherever, 9 for 259, that's pretty tidy, right? We'd all, we'd all take that. You yeah. Know, 50 over game, sure. Sure. Um, they're playing South Australia. South Australia, after 20 overs, are four for 78. Ooh. 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 I think down, but not out. You know, there's always potential. I mean, it's going to take a really big, really big innings there. Uh, Amanda Wellington and Tegan McFarlane are at the crease. Um, but uh, ooh, it's, that's happening at the Wacker at the moment, folks. If you're in, if you're in WA and you're listening to the pod, <laughs> get, amongst uh, get, yourself, it. get yourself down there. Get yourself down there and just see now, a... Now, Wellington can hold her own with the bat. I, I, 
she's definitely not out. Like she, she can bat. She can bat. Yeah, Spin right. the ball like it's her job, and she can connect. <laughs> so, and she also got proposed to like at a game in front of thousands, and that no. takes some courage and some like wildness from both him and her. So she's just, she's she's just kicking goals left, right, center. Heidi, I actually love that. That's that's mm. pretty great. Like they were posing for photos, and he comes down, and she's kind of looking left, looking right, and you got to see the footage. If if you listen to the pod, you've seen the footage. Like it's like, oh my god, and all of the teammates are like, whoa, and then you know he does the whole knee thing, and they do the whole yes, and the kiss, and the ring, and then see you later, got to play cricket. <laughs> and that's, and that's done. <laughs> Unreal. What a great start to a game. I know. See, that's the I sort know. of stuff you just don't get anywhere else, folks. Uh, I know. Come for the cricket, stay for the proposals. Um, that's yeah, all that's I'm it. saying. Get, a, get bloody it. around it. Um, Hides, uh, with a bit of an eye to this World Cup that's uncoming, I mean, we're going to talk to you a couple more times before we actually uh, dig in the middle of it, but I guess I just wanted Ooh, to I'll get... just I'll have to check my schedule then. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> Kidding. Hides, uh, any teams to watch? Who do you think are the, the contenders in this uh, WT20 World Cup upcoming in February? Um, look, I think I think the big three will be... Australia, England, and India. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know Sri Lanka? They're up, they're top order mm-hmm. class. Like yeah, Adipadu right. could watch her for days if she gets going. You know who knows how many runs she could get. So, and I also think Bangladesh have a bit um, have you know definitely potential. I think I think as time goes on, women's cricket like every team is getting stronger. Mm. So the more that we can get them on, and obviously the more it is, the more it's about. There's more of the series there are in the World Cup, and then. You know, all this script, like, I I literally feel like the entire of 2019, all I did was watch cricket. Like, it was year-round. <laughs> like, was, it was, like, summer, was summer, 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 summer. Summer, summer. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much cricket being played. So, I think even the smaller nations, you know, anything mm. can happen. Like, it's a World Cup. Now, I will back Australia to win. Um, Any day of the week. And twice on Sunday. And twice on yeah. Sunday. And Hyde's yeah. look, I wouldn't write off the Kiwis either, especially because they've got one Sophie yeah, Devine. Of course. Um, oh, my God, yeah, of course. The proverbial suited business. Suited to the format. Yeah. Super suited to the format. And a cracking BBL. Yeah. So she's got to be going in with some confidence and, you know, coming out the gate hard, I'd say. Coming out the gate hard. Well, Hyde's um, love it to chat to you, pal. We'll get you back next app if you can squeeze us into your, your schedule. Um, I'll, <laughs> sure, I'll, it can be arranged. I'll get your people to talk to my people or my people to talk to yours. Um, and, mate, really good luck this Saturday, pal. I'm absolutely praying for you. I really hope no more Australian internationals turn up to just ruin your life. <laughs> Do you know what? I will say, like, yes, it, it, it sucks to lose, but... When you're in such a steamed company, like it's just kind of cool to be able to play alongside it. So yeah. either way, like heaps to take away and kind of cool to yeah be on the same park. Game so, respect that's game. My final hunts. thought. Game, game respect, respect game. game. That's hundred percent. Howdy, Cheeto, you're the best man. We'll chat to you real soon. All right, good to chat, guys. See ya. See you, mate. Bye. Big thanks to Heidi Cheadle. Great to have her back on the show. Um, maybe this isn't entirely appropriate anymore, the music from Sting, just because, you know, am I really that lonely when I've got a Heidi Cheadle to come in and, and have a chat about women's cricket and be an overall legend? Um, 
Not really, folks. Not really. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, you may have remember a couple of episodes ago, uh, Matt Mears was on the show, um, and we had a bit of a chat about the BBL. BBL's been huge this year, um, going along swimmingly well, and we started a two-for-none um, competition. I put the, the code up to come and join us uh, for the KFC Fantasy Big Bash um, up on the two-for-none Facebook page. And look, folks, Adam Hassan has come out of the out of the blocks. He's come out real strong, and he's absolutely smashing us. Um, currently, Adam has double our score. Um, and when I say our, I mean me. <laughs> Obviously, um, in even worse news, I'm being beaten by Chris Barty, um, which hurts me on the inside. Adam Hassan's on the top of our table. Matt Mears is in second place. Uh, Chris Barty in third, me in fourth. Um, and then Spinksy is behind me. Ha ha, sucked in. Uh, followed by Michael the Stuckwood rounding things out at the bottom there with a lowly 1,156 points after seven rounds. So, um, listen, I'm going to get uh, Adam Hassan, I think, to send us a tape with a couple of tips because clearly uh, he is more over Australian cricket than than Chris or myself. I think that we really need to uh, acknowledge, and as, as Heidi said, you know, game, respect, game. Um so listen, that's going along pretty well. Been some really big scores there, and some some amazing hitting going on in the big bash. Um, you know, I think even that man, Glenn Maxwell, Petey Hanscom's been scoring runs. Um, all of this is good things for the summer to come. Peter Siddle just keeps dominating those death overs, folks. You can't stop, won't stop. Banana man just comes around and goes around again. What a bloody time to be alive. Okay, um, so let's get into some tapes, shall we, ladies and gents? We've got tapes from Spinksy and from Jai Singh. I think given that Spinksy's going to have a few more musical interludes, we might jump straight into Jai. So, folks, Jai Singh is our Indian correspondent. Um, he's one of the smartest people I know uh, across the board. Uh, strap yourselves in for a minute, some analysis. If I have anything to add, I will say hold up, hey, before stopping the tape and jumping in. But let's see what he has to say in relation to these three ODI games that have just wrapped up in India, with India taking the series 2-1. Here he is. Australia and India clocked up 8,000 matches against each other in the past 15 months alone during the course of a three-match ODI series in the subcontinent. India learned from their strategic missteps in the first ODI to register a comprehensive series win, one of the few times they've got the better of Australia at home in coloured clothing over the last 20 years. In the first ODI, India arrived at the ground, and then everything went downhill from there. The second wicket partnership of 127 between Shikhar Dhawan and KL Rahul put them in a good position the sort of position where they could probably have walked it in on their heads. Unfortunately, it looks like they actually tried to do that. And the trouble with trying to walk on your head is you tend to topple over unless you have very well-developed neck muscles. What this tortured <laughs> metaphor is trying to convey is that India unbalanced their batting lineup by having Virat Kohli batting at well, I, I won't mention the number because I made a New Year's resolution to stop harping on about it. But let's just say it's the one between three and five. Kohli dropped down from three. I love this from Jai. You know, it's really, folks, I'm sure you're all right there with me. You know, I'm recording this on the 23rd of January and New Year's resolutions are already feeling pretty hard to keep, um, especially for Jai and, you know, the number that shall not be named um, <coughs> for, <coughs> um, you know, it's going to be very tricky for the great man to, uh, to be able to 
push through in this situation and stick to his New Year's resolution. It's going to be tricky. I, I, I do honestly wish him all the best, as I wish all of you the best with your newfound Fandangle diet plans um, and decisions to cut back on the beers. G- good luck to you all. That's all that I have to say. Um, listen, it was a weird bit of batting from India there, though, wasn't it? Especially considering how they batted in the games to come. They really fell apart in sort of spectacular fashion. You know, you sort of have two for 134 to be all out for 255 is uh, pretty bad. It's not great. Shikadawan, Virat Kohli, um, Aya, Jadeja, Pant even went pretty quickly. I can hear Chris Barty in my head doing his jokes about how Pant lost his pants or something, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that out. You know, nobody needs that sort of smut in this podcast. Let's get back to Jai. To that other number to accommodate having three openers in the top order. And for some reason, the Indian innings never has the same momentum when he isn't controlling it from number three. This doesn't completely explain why none of the other batsmen got going, but the upshot was that India limped to 255, barely managing to double this score after 25 overs. In Australia's chase, Guldeep Yadav tied Aaron Finch in knots for a few overs, and I don't remember anything else interesting happening. <laughs> India were clearly bowling for the run-out, which was a good tactic, but the crowd didn't know to throw the ball in quickly enough to catch the batsman short. Hold up, hey. Yes, Jai, you're absolutely right. It's always tough when you're working with audience members or um, or crowds, let's say, that aren't aware of the tactics they're supposed to be involved in. Get on the program, folks. Maybe they could have been a fax, you know, a nice fax or a um, an email, potentially carry a pigeon folks, to let the uh, let the crowd know that when Davey Warner was pumping sixes into the middle of him, what they really needed to do was just really get that ball back to catch him out of his ground. Um, <laughs> incredible pieces of batting there, though. So I'm sure Spinks is going to mention it later in the show, but um, extraordinary stuff from Finch and Warner to get the ball rolling there. It was a serious blitz. Um, one is their records tumbled all over the place, but we'll get to that in the Aussie stuff. Let's go back to Jai and uh, cut into those next two games. In the second ODI, India not only arrived at the ground, they really turned up, if you get my drift. Rohit Sharma and Shikhar Dawan put on nearly 100, and then Kohli, back at number 3, as per spec, controlled the innings as only he can, with an even pace 78 before falling just as the surge was beginning. Kel Rahul, now batting at 5 and keeping wicket in place of the concussed Rishabh Pant, then blasted India to 340 for 6 with 80 from 52 balls. Australia would have been in with a shout of completing the chase if it hadn't been for Jasprit Bumrah, who started out with 4 overs, 2 maidens, none for 7, and ended with an economy rate of below 3.5, while his colleagues conceded between 5.8 and 7.7. I confess to having had quite a few sleepless nights over the past few months, wondering whether Bumrah would be the same bowler when he came back from his back injury. These are the important things that keep one awake at night. Hold up, hey, Jai, you know, mate, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm, I'm most often kept up at night thinking about cover drives. It's it's truly ridiculous. Um, but listen, Jasprit Bumrah is an extraordinary bowler and he needs to have a lot of credit. And also, I want to throw some credit to the Indian support staff um, and to his club sides and uh, regional team support staff that, that really must have got around him in, in this time. Because fast bowlers coming back from back injuries, you know, it can be career-ending stuff. Um, it can force dramatic changes to an action. And let's be honest, Jasper Boomer's action is unique, to say the least. Um, so the fact that he's able to come back 
and bowl as well as he did. I mean, when you do look down a list of those economy rates, the difference is palpable. So Jasper, as, as mentioned by Jai, 3.49 after 9.1 overs, uh, one for 32. And then Shami's gone for 7.7. Uh, Sani is going for 6.2. Jadeja, 5.8. And Kuldeep's gone for 6.5. Um, they're all over sort of 58 to, between 58 and 77 runs for the, the total of their overs. They got spacked about. Um, Boomerah did not. He's such a challenging guy to face and really put the screws on the Australian attack, um, allowing the others to go for a few more runs, but take more wickets. So listen, big credit to Jasper Boomer. You know, we're huge fans of that bloke here on the pod and really glad to see that he's back and, and firing, even if it means that he absolutely spanked us. Uh, let's go back to Jai. After all, the history of Indian cricket in the 21st century is mostly about brilliant fast bowling talents getting injured and never quite getting their mojo back afterwards. You name a fast bowler, I'll name the injury, and we'll see how their career ended up. While he is undeniably still rusty, he's still got the accuracy, the pace, and the movement, and his action hasn't become any more orthodox and easy to pick. So the decision of the Australians to play him out conservatively showed he's still regarded as a serious threat. This match showed India the blueprint for how to handle their batting order. Kohli's position had been undermined in the first match to accommodate Rahul at three, but then Rahul showed he could play another role at five in the second, unleashing what I'm going to be presumptuous enough to call a Dhoni-like innings. Hopefully they'll leave Kohli at three and move people around him from now on. The TV commentators made the excellent point, and occasionally they do make excellent points. When you have the best three in the world, possibly the best ever. Why move him away from that position? With Rahul's versatility being able to shuffle between three positions in the series, one of them at short notice, and Kohli reminding us how effortlessly he can guide the innings from first drop, Kohli should be the one set in zone three, with Rahul shifting to suit team balance. Rahul can do anything. He was at three, he was at five, he opened. Maybe in the next series he can open the bowling as a right-arm seamer and then bowl some left-arm orthodox later in the innings. The man's a team player. The big question is, will he be able to play as a frontline keeper? And what, if so, happens to punt? Word from the Indian camp is that Rahul will be given an extended run to prove himself. So bad luck to all the other keepers. So with that blueprint established, the typical course for this Indian team to take would be to ignore it and try and hammer that square peg into the round hole one more time. But guess what? They didn't. They took an unchanged team into the third ODI. Once Hold again, up, one of the things I really like about Jai is that, uh, you know, this is a team which has just won a three-match ODI series and the last two games, frankly, they especially the last game, they, they pretty much spanked us. Um, but Jai still paints it as being a miracle. You know, they've got the best batsmen in the world. They've got a really great bowling attack. You know, they've got awesome openers who've got incredible records. And Jai's like, hey, look, we didn't we didn't cook it, folks. Unbelievably, <laughs> we didn't cook it. He sounds like an Australian supporter from like 2013, you know, when Nathan Horitz was, you know, bowling half trackers. Oh, boy, pretty funny. Uh, let's Bulmer go back to things it. tight. He's still not back to his best, losing his radar occasionally, but he's demanding respect from the batsman nevertheless. I think both aspects are summed up by his first spell in the third ODI. Five overs, none for 18, of which five runs came from a leg side wide. Meanwhile, Shami was getting hammered at the other end. The bowlers weren't rampant, but Australia never got away on a good batting pitch, even while Smith and Labuschagne were controlling the innings with a big partnership. Shami ended up with the wickets for the second match in a row. He was expensive, but he made a mess of the stumps with four fine Yorkers across the two match. 
two matches, snaffling Pat Cummins for two Golden Ducks. This series has shown a new bowling blueprint as well, moving away from the leg spinners taking middle over wickets to Jadeja keeping things quiet in the middle and added to Boomer's economy that meant Shami could go all out for wickets while the batsmen were looking to attack in death overs. I'm sure Pat and Chris, who love the phenomenon of second inning Shami, will be excited about the emergence of second spell Shami, who was pasted for four overs, none for 33 with the new ball, and then came back for six overs, four for 30. Rahul was then sent back to wow. Open after Shikhar Dawan hurt his shoulder in the field, and after his dismissal, it was the old firm of Rohit and Kohli who guided India to the win. Rohit was man of the match for his 119. Kohli was man of the series for following up his 78 from the first ODI with 89 here. And Shreyas Ayer restored his reputation after the two failures with a buccaneering 44 from 35 balls to seal mm. the series. Overall, it was a much happier series for India than the one last year when Australia snatched that come-from-behind win that we've all forgotten about in the deluge of cricket over the last 12 months. Ah, uh, hold up, hey. Uh, yeah, Jai, sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we haven't forgotten. Uh, there are certain members of this 2 for none team that think upon that series very fondly. In fact, there may be even some of us, uh, I won't say who, <coughs> Chris Barty, uh, who dream about it at night time, who um, wake up in the middle of the night and just think about those score lines, those good times, those just wonderful, heady days of our cricketing lives when we could go to India and just smash out victories in ODI series. Those are the times, folks. Those are the times. Ah, Okay, back to it. In years to come, this series might be seen as an important step forward for an Indian side that has been in transition for a few years. Of course, if that is the case, it will be completely coincidental because we all know this series was just a way for Cricket Australia and the BCCI to make piles of cash with another inconsequential bilateral ODI series. We're just lucky as spectators that it turned out to be a fun ride. In other India-related news, Rohit Sharma was named ICC ODI Player of the Year despite not making any double hundreds. Virat Kohli received the Spirit of Cricket Award for asking Indian fans <laughs> not to abuse Steve Smith during oh. the World Cup. It yeah, was a nice gesture, but I think Kane Williamson should have got the award for managing not to punch anyone or scream hitherto unimaginable obscenities at match officials after the final. I don't even support mm. New Zealand, and I'm still desperately upset about the outcome, like I would be in any other situation where I witness someone being blatantly robbed. As is customary in the international cricketing calendar, India will now have a break before their next assignment. Their T20 series in New Zealand starts in three days. Wonderful stuff, Jai. Thank you so much. I believe that series is now currently underway. Such is the lateness of this particular episode of Two for None. Again, ladies and gentlemen, my apologies about that. What I will say, however, is that Jai's comment there about Kane Williamson is absolutely correct. That no person embodies the spirit of cricket more than Kane. Um, that press conference was extraordinary. You know, I said it to Chris Barty at the time, and I'll say it again till I die. If that was me, I would have lost my bloody mind I would have been flipping tables crying bloody murder I would have been climbing the barricades and singing do you hear the people sing I would have been calling for cricketing revolution ladies and gentlemen Um, but Kane Williamson being the extraordinary man that he is kept it together Um, kept it together under pressure and in a situation which was so grossly unfair um yeah, I think that man deserves all the credit in the world. Frankly, um, I'm all about Kane. 
I'm also about Jai Singh. Thank you, Jai, for your contribution. Fantastic to have you on the show. Um, you're such a legend and excellent analysis as per usual. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hear from none other than the man himself, Alex Spinks. Now, I can't remember where in the world Spinksy is. Last time I saw, he was about to get on a train and go to Prague for what I assume was about 40 million beers, continuing this uh, honeymoon extravaganza, which has taken longer than the building of the pyramids, I believe. If they come back and they're not well rested, well relaxed, and ready just to dive into some red hot marriage, I don't know what they're going to be ready for, folks. Um, that being said, let's crack into him, shall we? I'm sure there's going to be music at the start here. I hazard to think what it is going to be. Here's Alex Spinks with an Australian perspective of the ODI series just gone. That was a bit rough. <laughs> At least a witch was trying to watch the third ODI via the free Wi-Fi on my train to Berlin. Oof. First world problems. <laughs> this ODI series was played between an Australian team which has had half of its lineup playing test cricket the last two months and the other half playing domestic T20 matches in the Big Bash. Like, seriously, so much Big Bash. Yeah. And an Indian team which has been playing uninterrupted short-form cricket since late November. And it showed. India are a well-oiled machine in modern cricket, nearly always odds-on favourites to win any match they play in in any format, and they showed why here. After being demolished by just Warner and Fitch alone in the first match, India's, read Virat Kohli's, public comments about what they needed to fix ahead of the next match was their batting lineup. Hold up, Hastings. Yeah? Mate, I just wanted to stop you there, and, and just to deal with this first part, um, you know, I know that there's been a lot of test cricket and then a lot of big bash, and, you know, India have been playing a bit more one-day cricket than us, but I just feel there's a slight crinkle in that comment, the implication being that Australia hasn't been prepared, didn't prepare as effectively as India did for this series. The crinkle in that is that we won that first game so emphatically. So emphatically, 10 wickets, you know, we absolutely smashed them. Finch and Warner broke all the records they could possibly come across and it was an annihilation. So it wasn't that we weren't ready to play one day cricket. It's that I guess that we didn't adapt as well as India did. And look, that second game was pretty tight. Like they won by 36 runs. We just weren't able to get there chasing. Um... But, yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know we can say or even imply that we didn't have the same levels of preparation. Um, you know, these days, 2020 and, and one day is pretty similar, really, in a lot of senses. So, uh, I don't know, mate. I don't know that we can go around and bandy that um, as, as a reason why this series didn't go our way. I think, quite simply, um, India's India played better than us under these conditions, which hurts me to say, but I think it's pretty accurate. Anyway, um, I'll let you continue. I'll, 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 I'll let you finish uh, in the more words. The bowlers all went wicketless and at five and over at least. And yes, Warner and Finch chased down 255 with more than 12 overs to spare. But they had their well-oiled machine mechanisms ticking over and they knew that that wasn't the problem. Those matches happen sometimes. Finch and Warner were nearly chanceless and you can't win them all. But the fact that India's top four, who are their top four batsmen in ODI cricket, not necessarily T20s, Sikha Darwin, <laughs> only scored one half century between them and chewed up two thirds of the overs, 
That was the problem. Three of those batsmen are some of the best opening ODI batsmen ever. Rohit Sharma, possibly the best ever. And the other one mm. is Virat Kohli, who insists on continuing to show why he is the best first drop in ODI and T20 cricket. Yeah. But three openers don't go into two spots well. So they had to solve the problem of where to put KL Rahul or Sikadarwan. Perhaps sensing this problem, Rishabh Pant decided to top-edge a ball into his helmet, earning himself a concussion which ruled him out for the rest of the series, and thus Rahul, almost as good a keeper as Joss Butler, <clears throat> could <laughs> then keep wicket and drop down the order. Series decided. The batting issue for Australia is, once again, with the exception of Steve Smith, no batsman was able to string together a couple of really good scores. Mm. It's tricky to do in a short series, but it's necessary to win a short series. Yeah. Even though he's been burned into our brains with his test runs gluttony over this past six months, it was surprising that Marnus Lebeshain's ODI debut for Australia came in this first match, reversing the old order of things by gaining entry into the ODI team with red-hot test cricket form. <laughs> And he was good. One half century and one nearly half century, he'll be fine. Yeah. Alex Carey got to show a bit of his array of shots in the last match, and hopefully Mitchell Stark never walks out at number five again. I mean, seriously. Alex Carey and Ashton Turner would have to have been just a little bit peeved that Mitchell try and hit every ball into the car park Stark batted in front of them. <laughs> Maybe Finch was still really ticked off at Steve Smith about running him out, so he decided to annoy him for three balls. Hold up, hey. Spinksy, I think you might have a thought there, mate. I mean, it's a bit conspiratorial, but, but maybe. I mean, we all know that Steve Smith is a very OCD man. Uh, he likes things a certain way, and um, seeing Mitchell Stark come down the other end to ready to, to pump some balls over Cow Corner um, probably was not what Steve would have loved. Uh, it, could be, it could be a captaincy battle there, potentially. I mean, I kind of know what he was going for there. I mean, the obvious implication of that is that he wanted quick runs and he wanted he wanted the pressure put back on him by the bowlers, um, pressure put back onto the bowlers, I should say, from Starkey's big hitting. You know, we have a bloke in our cricket side um, in Summerhill's fifth grade, uh, the blue team. What a bunch of legends. Uh, g'day, Phil Tarbox, if you're listening. Um we have, a, we have a bloke in our side called Leo. Now, look, Leo's only good for about oh, 15, 20 balls, but he'll make you 40. You know, he'll he'll come out and he'll swing wildly. And when he connects, goodness gracious. Um, and I think I think possibly our mate Finchie was trying to go for something similar. It did not come off. It did not come off in any way. Um, Mitchell Stark found himself back in the pavilion about as fast as he got to the field. So I'm not sure it's a tactic that Finchie will employ again. Um, but you're not wrong about poor old Ash Turner um, and Alex Carey there. That you would feel hard done by to see, you know, your, your big quick going out to bat ahead of you. That's going to that's gonna get into your brain. Um, let's go back to Spinksy. What was disconcerting was Australia's bowlers. First match, they bowled well. Next two matches, God, they looked tired. Stark and Cummins, I mean. Both went wicketless in both the second and third matches, Cummins going for nine and over in the third, and Stark going for over seven in both. Hopefully, hopefully, it's just fatigue from a long test summer, which followed a long Ashes series, which followed a long World Cup. Hopefully. 
Kane Richardson versus Josh Hazelwood was interesting. Richardson bowled well enough, if not inexpensively, whereas Hazelwood, whilst the other fast bowlers were losing their heads, kept it steady with 31 dot balls and a wicket, and one of the only two maidens for the match in the third ODI. Whilst Richardson has all the tricks, Hazelwood is a metronome, and boy oh boy do bowling metronomes get me excited. I already miss Peter Siddle and still pine for Trent Copeland to have an international career. Hold up, hey, Sphinxy. Mate, now look, Spinksy, look, I know, I know you love Trent Copeland, I do, and listen, you know, he's got some great stats, alright, there's nobody denying that Trent Copeland doesn't have great stats, yeah, he's got a pretty incredible record, you know, what am I talking about here? We're talking about 362 te- uh, first class wickets at 25, alright? That's pretty great. But Spinksy, he's moved on. He's moved on, mate. He's grabbed himself a big television, right? And now he's the big time TV boy. And, and you know, if you love somebody, you've got to set them free, Spinksy. You've got to set them free. You've got to let them go. If only there was an Englishman, a tall Englishman, who could make this point a little better than me. Let him go, Spinks. Let him go. Set him free, Spinksy. Set him free. Let him have his big TV. Back to it. The spinners, Adam Zampa and Ashton Agar, are a serviceable, if unspectacular, duo. Zampa knows his white ball skill set incredibly well and can be trusted to play his role, either drying up the runs as good as any Australian short-form bowler right now or taking a couple of key wickets here and there. Ashton Agar, on the other hand, is still a player I'm surprised to see play international cricket. His international ODI economy rate is 5.7 and his strike rate is exactly 60. And that strike rate only gets worse in domestic cricket. One wicket and 57 runs per match off Agar and that earns you a place in the team somehow? Mm. I mean, he's handy with the bat. He's good for about 20 runs in any format. But that's not cutting it. He is to a well-rested and re-energised Glenn Maxwell making a triumphant return in the near future Mm. because he's what the team is missing. Heck, even Mitchell Marsh gets my vote at this point. (laughs) At least when he's backed up against a wall, he'll try anything to get through it. And with that heresy, I'm out. As I'm in Berlin currently, I thought I'd head out and try to find those two-for-none listeners who made this podcast the 12th most listened to podcast (laughs) in Germany. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you very much, Spinksy. Absolutely love your work, mate. You're a superstar and uh, obviously got that wrong. He's in Berlin there, folks, not in Prague. Currently, we have uh, seven listeners in Germany, folks. Seven. Uh, If you're one of those seven Deutschlanders, my hat is tipped to you. Um, We've got some lonely listeners out there in the world, folks. There's one lonely listener in Saudi Arabia, six in the UAE. Uh, We have eight in India currently, one in Indonesia, and uh, New Zealand 14. Now, look, I'm not surprised about the New Zealand situation, um, given the amount of stick that we've thrown that way. Uh, 
Yeah, I think we're lucky to have 14 in Kiwiland, to be honest. Um, Spinksy, thanks, mate. Good on you for spreading the word of the pod, doing the Lord's work out there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for your attention, for your time, for your listenership, um, for being a part of it, for supporting me when I am, uh, as Sting says, so lonely. Our music today has all been from Sting... <laughs> It's pretty, pretty silly. Oh gosh, I love that musical joke before. That's that's gonna make me happy for a really long time. Um, listen, that was on courtesy of A and M Records. We had Sting doing "If You Love Somebody, Set Them Free." Um, that's on behalf of A and M from UMG. Thank you very much to those people. Um, all thanks to my Creative Commons license. Sorry, uh, my APRA license. Uh, big thanks to those guys as well. Spinksy and of course Jai Singh and Heidi Cheadle for all contributing to the pod. We've got a lot of women's cricket coming up. There's going to be a lot more Heidi Cheadle in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. So be excited for that. Um, Chris Barty tells me he's going to be unable to pod through the month of February. Uh, his life has got completely out of hand. He's got to get married, folks. Uh, he's going to the chapel, etc., etc. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is about it for my housekeeping notes. We will be back very soon with some more women's cricket um, in the lead up to the T20 World Cup, which is on our shores in rapid succession. My apologies again for keeping you waiting for this episode. Thank you for all of your time and patience. And listen, I only have one last thing to say, which is go those on these!